Welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep with me, Grace and Helvig the First, and oh, uh, that's uh, that's me, that's I, 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 Jack. Yes. <laughs> and of course, your producer director, Jack Ferry. There you go. Uh, <laughs> this is a very exciting episode. We have Josh Peck with us this week, and I'm very curious because it's holidays. We're talking a lot about holidays lately. We are. And Josh talks a lot about being Jewish on his social media. And to be fair, I don't know a lot about Hanukkah. And Let's find out. So I'm going to not grill him. I just want to know, how do you play dreidel? What's exactly the menorah? <laughs> how does it all happen? Uh, so it should be a very fun and possibly very educational episode of Not Too Deep with the one, the only, Josh Peck. Hi, Jack Ferry. Hi, Grace Helbig. How are you? I'm really good. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Uh, we are, it's it's a festive time of year. We don't want to ignore that. So we're going to talk about the holiday season. Let's do it. I'm, um, I'm all on board. I live in Los Angeles now, so I don't feel the holidays. So I have to talk about it. Do you decorate for the holidays? You celebrate Christmas. I do. Yes. Same. Yeah, I like to get a Christmas tree after Thanksgiving. Yeah. You get a real Christmas tree. I do. Whoa. Like a little guy. Wow. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had a Christmas tree as an adult. No, one, my ex and I got a Christmas tree in his place. Yeah. And it was like, oh, okay, this is what adults do. The taking down part was no, annoying. it's not fun. So, Getting rid of it is not fun. But I have a Christmas tree place right by my house, so it's really easy. Oh, how convenient. Yes. Um, I wonder, do you think they're gonna, people will be postmade in Christmas trees? You think you can do that? You can get a Postmates, like go to a Christmas tree farm, For chop real? it down. I don't know. I'm asking. TaskRabbit? You can TaskRabbit that? Everyone can, is nodding in the room. Everyone just went on their phones to look up if you wow. can TaskRabbit at Christmas. That, I mean. I kind of liked picking it out, though, in That's person. part of the process, I yeah. thought, is that it's like you choose the, I choose you. <laughs> Isn't that like when fall comes, like sending a TaskRabbit to like go to the pumpkin patch for you? <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. The whole, hey, honey, you want to go apple picking? Don't worry about it. I've crowdsourced this. Yeah, eventually drones <laughs> will be doing all right. of it. It'll be great. Uh, what Do you have traditions? For Christmas? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I follow a lot of the, you know. Traditional traditions? Traditional traditions. Okay. Yeah. I do like to, there's something about a decorated Christmas tree that just does make a home more homey. Okay, I here's think. my question because it yeah. just occurred to me, this epiphany, that you the way you decorate your Christmas tree has become way more creative, I think, over the years mm-hmm. than what we grew up with. And it feels almost like creating a theme for your Instagram. What's the theme for your Christmas tree? Oh, okay. Uh, eclectic, I would say. Oh, to a hot mess, basically. Kind of, but I think that's kind of like an, a, a true expression of me. Because like when I look at like the way, like obviously I work on Megan Rinks' podcast. Mm-hmm. So when I go to her house and she- Oh, she looks like she's in a, a Macy's showroom. Yeah, because yeah. she's so good at all of that decorating. And she's a Pinterest board. She is. Mm-hmm. And she's and like she's already got her like very iconic like white tree with like the yeah. white lights that which are is all very on brand for her Instagram theme. And I look at my like Charlie Brown tree that's kind of like half crooked and like has no semblance of sure. like color theory. It's uh yeah, it's eclectic. That's the only word I could use to describe it. Okay. That's the word that you use to describe when you don't actually have a theme. 
Yes, that's exactly <laughs> right. None. None of the above. Well, I just wonder, because <laughs> when I go home, my mom still puts up decorations that we made in elementary school on our tree, the ones Same. that have survived over the years. Same. Um, and so we've never, my mom's never been a uh, Megan Ranks of sorts. Oh, yeah. It's always just very you know, traditional, normal kind of thing. But I feel like the Christmas tree, when the fiber optic tree came out, I remember my mom losing her shit about that. That because one, she's got like allergies to oh, okay, the tree. Yeah. Those and, are cool. I like those. Yeah. But also, my mom, I love you, mom, if you're listening to this, but you're not. You don't even know how to access podcasts on your iPad. But <laughs> I, my mom has kind of tacky taste. And so, of course, she's going to like this multicolored fiber optic tree that rotates in sure. the living room. <laughs> yeah, sure. She's so Does it play Mannheim steamroller while it rotates? I don't know what that is. That's like the cheese ball, like um, rock and roll organ music that plays like the rock oh, and roll yeah, versions that's of like, like yep, mm-hmm. the, of Christmas music. Like Carol the bell, Carol yeah, the bells, exactly. but it's like. Dun, 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 yeah, that's it exactly. That's yeah. it exactly. I yeah, hate does, that. No, stuff. she does, and she, my mom loves that. Same. It's, <laughs> it's like the thing that she thinks makes her a badass to listen to that, right? but really, it's just so sweet and soft. <laughs> I agree. God bless her. Um, do you binge any shows or holiday movies? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely one of those like fans of A Christmas Story. Yeah, we my dad puts that on because it's on for 24 hours. Yeah, so my dad puts that on in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and we've got we actually have an episode of uh, Popcorn with that with that movie just because <gasps> that's great. So I mean, it's just such a classic. It really. Classic. It's so good. And I, I have to, I do admit that um, I sometimes get. A little emotional with uh, the two things that I watch every Christmas Eve. Uh-oh. I always watch early in the day. I always watch uh, a Charlie Brown Christmas, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it's nostalgic. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then usually after everyone goes to bed, I'm usually sitting with a glass of something. Oh, no. And, then, is- I, and then I watch It's a Wonderful Life and then cry by <laughs> myself. <laughs> well, there's just something. I've never seen that movie. Oh, what? Yeah, sorry. I cannot relate to your emotional connection to this movie. Oh, Grace, you I, have to watch it. I've heard it's great. Like any other... Well, I, it's I'm so... shocked that you are still shocked when I admit that I haven't <laughs> seen a film that resonates with you. But you've seen Christmas Story. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. But that's because it's funny. And my family grew up trying to watch funny things. We repressed yeah, okay. a lot of real emotion. Okay, so did you watch um, Christmas Vacation, the one with Chevy Chase? No. That's a funny Christmas movie. And if we did, I don't think I was paying attention to it as a child. What about Elf? Surely you've yes, seen I've Elf. Yes, I've seen Elf, of course. Yeah, yeah, that's... But that's, I was going to ask, what do you think are, because a lot of these, because we're, we are our age, mm-hmm. are very old. What do you think are the new, like, Elf movies that become traditions for this, like, next generation? I definitely think Elf, because last year when I went to Thanksgiving with my sister and my nieces, uh-huh. that was the movie after Thanksgiving dinner. Now it's like officially Christmas season. That was their, that, that was the movie they wanted to watch. That was their Christmas story. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That makes sense. But yeah. I wonder what the next one is going to be. I mean, our... Because the cool thing is, and I haven't there... really thought about this before, but like the way people make Christmas music, like Mariah Carey, we grew up listening to like her Christmas albums. Mm-hmm. The Pentatonixes of the world oh, sure, have started yeah. creating this modern version of a Christmas album. And like Lindsey Sterling has a Christmas album. Yeah, that's true. And so it's like these new generations taking on traditional things and making right. them updated. So I'm like, what's the next elf? Maybe Krampus. 
I mean, here's how you would think that we were executive producers on this fucking movie because we talk about it so fucking much on this podcast. And it's like a solid medium to terrible movie. Yeah, we definitely uh, just it's it was a joke that spiraled out of control. It went too far and continues to go too far. But we do spawned a a spinoff podcast. That's true. Yeah, it did. So if anything, it brought us that gift. Yes. Um, Speaking of gifts. They're a big part of the holiday season, mm. and I thought it would be fun for us to try uh, in a game called Extreme Celebrity Gift Exchange, yes. where we have some examples of crazy holiday presents gifted by celebrities, and we're going to read the present and try to guess which celebrity bought it and who the gift was for. Okay. This sounds great. I'm sure they are going to be an embarrassment of excess. I, I mean, I'm already, yeah, the, it's already a lot. I'm reading through them right now. Um, okay, here's the first one. Who bought this and who was it for? Okay, got it. So it's a $285,000 bubblegum pink Bentley Continental GT with a diamond encrusted dashboard. What? Okay, I think this was for Nicki Minaj, is my <laughs> guess. Okay. But who bought it? Who is she dated? I'm not good in the rapper universe, but diamond encrusted dashboard. I'm gonna say it was for Nicki Minaj, and it was bought for her because it's pink. My only guess would be Paris Hilton in some way. Okay, then who bought it for Paris Hilton? Uh, honestly, I, my guess literally what popped in my head was Paris Hilton bought it for herself. <laughs> okay, um, I'm gonna say Kanye bought this for Nicki Minaj. All right, let's see if we are right. It is for Paris Hilton to herself. Holy shit. Is that, are you serious? Holy shit. Oh my God. Guys. I guys, I'm a fucking mentalist. Oh my God. You're an oracle, Jack. Holy shit. That, oh man. Wait, what card am I thinking of right now? Um, tacos. Nope. Oh, okay, right. so I guess this doesn't work. But this is. Wow. The, I, I can't, can't fucking believe that. I also can't believe your um, in-depth knowledge of Paris Hilton. I, I don't know. I Wow. I mean, I want to say... Wow. I feel like... I, I got it right. I want to say I'm impressed, but I'm also like really disappointed. Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Holy crap. All right, let's go to number two. We're starting with um, high hopes. Woo. All okay. right, here we go. Uh, so gift number two, a gift package including a pony, diamond earrings, and fairy princess-inspired designer gowns Totaling 130 grand. Whoa. So this Whoa. is a package. It's a pony, diamond yes. earrings, and fairy princess-inspired designer gowns. Yes. I think this is to Northwest. Okay. Uh, from Kanye. Okay. I'm just going to say Kanye is giving every gift on this whole list. My guess is um, it uh, is Will Smith. Ooh. Gave it to, what's Will Smith's daughter's name? Willow, yes. Gave it to Willow? To Willow Smith. Okay. Let's see if the I'm answer right. is oh, it's uh, Tom Cruise to Surrey Cruise. You know what? That's that of, does, of course that that tracks. That uh, makes sense. Um, also, this we are looking at a photo of her right now. She's walking like a forty-year-old businesswoman she has in tiny heels. heels on. This is <laughs> too <laughs> too she's real. Too determined. I don't like it. Um, okay, here's our third gift: mm-hmm. <laughs> a giant cheese wheel for serving risotto tableside. Oh, I got this one. Who do you think this is? Guy Fieri. To who? Oh, this was given to Guy Fieri. From? From. Um, Serving risotto tables. <laughs> I mean, who is he not feuding with right now? Mm, um, debatable. Uh, from uh, Paula Dean. 
From Paula Deen Paula to Dean, Guy Fieri. Pa- Paula Deen bought this for Guy Fieri. Okay, yeah, I think it's going to be... Um, I think it's going to be from Rachel Ray mm-hmm. to Bobby Flay. Okay, yours is so much better than That's mine. That's a lyric of my new song I'm working on, by the way, too. <laughs> okay, this is John Legend to Chrissy Teigen. Oh, oh that is... Of course. She does have a cookbook, and they are just cool and not... So excessive, but excessive in a more hilarious way. Yeah, they are they are adorable. They, those two. Oh, God bless. That's a great gift. That's thoughtful and stupid all at the same time. Okay, go ahead. Read number four. Number four is a Birkin handbag hand-painted by renowned artist George Kondo. Oh, man. A Birkin handbag hand-painted by renowned artist George Kondo. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to say this is going to be David Beckham to Posh. Oh, that's so brilliant. That's better than anything I was going to say. Oh, I, was gonna, I don't think it's brilliant. But. I was going, but it just makes sense. Because I was, the only thing I, person I could think of was Gwyneth Paltrow. But then mm-hmm. I'm like, who would give Gwyneth Paltrow gift right? Chris Martin? I don't think they're together anymore. But this, you don't know when this happened. Oh, that's a good point. All right, Chris Martin to Gwyneth Paltrow. Okay. That's my answer. The answer is, God damn it, Kanye oh. West to Kim Kardashian. Why didn't I keep my theme? <laughs> damn it. But that is yours that, is a good guess though. But also this bag, you guys can't see it, That's but a highly recommend you show. Google image search the handbag. We'll it's, put it in the description. We'll put the okay, link in the description. Okay, it'll be in the description. You guys should go look it out because it looks like a really crudely co- a drawn cover poster for keeping up with the Kardashians. <laughs> like <laughs> that looks like all of them <laughs> in some bizarre way, okay. but worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Who's the green-faced monster? No one knows. It's up for interpretation. Okay. That's what art is. I like it. Okay, here's the next one. A cozy, a cozy personal at-home strip club for one. Oh, at-home strip club? I mean, or I like strip tease? I don't know. Cozy and strip club go hand in hand. For one. A cozy personal at-home strip, strip club, club for, for one. Okay. Um, hmm. Let's think. I think that his uh, fans have crowdsourced this gift for John Mayer. That's my gift. It's that's my fans guess. Fans are giving this to John Mayer. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's my guess. Oh, okay. Sticking with it. <laughs> Final answer. I'm going to say uh, Cardi B. And who <laughs> is she engaged to now? Uh, from Migos. From Migos. The guy she's engaged to from, from Migos. The guy from Migos. Yeah. Let's see if we were right. The answer, oh, it's Drake to himself. These oh. are a lot of gifts people are buying themselves. <laughs> this is a theme I didn't realize existed in the celebrity community that they're just gifting themselves kind of lavish like do you ever buy yourself gifts but wait i don't a cozy personal at-home strip club for one so he it does look kind of cozy and it does he's got a pillow with an owl on it in there um but so he made himself a a strip club but then to to be the dancer or to get the dances received there's no way to know I mean, there's no way to know. It's a confusing statement to yourself, but it does look cozy. I like the idea that like he brings a girl home and then he'll be like, "You sit there," and then he just does an amazing fucking routine on that. Pole. Yeah, that's actually extraordinarily like acrobatic and yeah. very impressive in a non-sexual way at all. <laughs> I love it, Drake. Uh, I got an idea for your next music video. Yeah, I also like that he has like some very expensive stained hardwood flooring as the bottom of his stripper pole. It is. It is. As strip clubs go, this is one of the more tasteful ones I've seen. Okay. I won't ask you any follow questions. <laughs> have you have you ever gotten yourself a gift for yourself for like the holidays? I've um, done that. I've, I will admit that I've not done that. The, nothing that stands out specifically because I feel like I 
like will buy myself throughout the year stuff if I need it, but I don't make a moment to be like, you are getting a gift from me. You've earned, you've earned this. Self. Yeah, this is what we're doing. No, nothing that stands out. Why? What have you gotten yourself? I just got myself a PlayStation VR. All right. You're a confusing human being. Why? <laughs> it's super fun. Oh, you already got it for yourself. I did it for my birthday. I was like, I'm going to okay. get, get this for myself. That's nice. How's it going? It's super fun. It's really fun to play around with. And it's cool to like watch 360 videos. I did like a, a roller coaster in 360. Oh, yeah. We talked about this on Mitchell's episode. Yeah. And it definitely. Which will be coming out in a couple weeks. Yeah. And it definitely uh, uh, makes you feel like you're actually on one, which That's is really, cool. really cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, if you want to feel like we're on a wild ride, get ready <laughs> yes. because our next guest, one I've never met before. So this is going to be really fun. I always have a great time when I meet someone for the first time sure. and get to hear everything about their life. Um, two, just seems genuinely like a nice guy. Indeed. And we'll find out because uh, we have Josh Peck on this episode of Not Too Deep. I feel like we've had every friend he has in the digital space on Not yes, Too Deep. So I agree. it's nice to continue to collect them all, <laughs> as they say. Right. Um, so stick around. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, the funny and genuinely nice seeming Josh Peck. Jack, are you tired? I'm so sleepy. Oh, how conveniently perfect for the sponsor of this week's episode of Not Too Deep. Really? It's Casper Mattresses. Uh, that sounds like heaven right now. Yeah, Casper, <laughs> if you guys don't already know, we love them. They're a sleep brand that continues to revolu- revolutionize. Maybe I need more sleep. <laughs> it's line of products to create an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience one night at a time. They have now three Mattress models, the original Casper, the Wave, and the Essential. How essential. And they're designed perfectly to soothe and cradle your natural body geometry. That's what I need. I need I need more cradling. I think that's the reason why I'm not sleeping great right now. Yeah, I also need to refer to my body as geometry more often. <laughs> not to mention the breathable design helps you sleep cool and regulates your body temperature throughout the night. How many times are you kicking your feet out from under the blankets just I, to get cold? That's a, an every evening occurrence. Exactly. And it's delivered right to your door in a small, how do they do that size box, which I can attest to is confusingly small when it shows up to your door. Yeah, because when you, when you take it out, it kind of does like a... Yeah, it's like unfolds. when you make a, a snake out of like the straw wrapper and then you put water on it and it grows. I love that game. It's like that. They also have free shipping and returns in the U.S. and Canada. And the best part, this is really what makes it the coolest, is that you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. So you can sleep on this thing for 100 nights in the comfort of your own home. And if you don't like it, you could give it back. It's crazy. I, that's crazy. Because you spend one third of your life sleeping. Don't know if you knew that. Fun fact. So you should be comfortable. Uh, and Jack and I both have experienced Casper mattresses and they are great. I currently sleep on a Casper mattress in my house right now every night. Yeah. And if you don't believe us, you know, just try one. You get a hundred nights 100 for free. One hundred <laughs> nights. So start sleeping ahead of the curve with Casper and you can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash grace and using grace, G-R-A-C-E at checkout. That's Casper, C-A-S-P-E-R.com slash grace. Offer code grace for $50 off of your mattress purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Yay. 
It's happening. It Can is. you believe it? Yeah, Josh Peck is here. This is so exciting. I'm so happy to be here. Thank, Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for being here. Um, one, have you been traveling? Have I've you been, been here? Have you been around? Have you been working on things? I've been going around. I've been, uh, I've weirdly got this new sort of side hustle of doing college gigs. Ooh. How is, I'm trying to get into that world okay. because a couple of my friends do that and they love it. What's your experience with that? Well, you would kill it. Um, it's because they want to, like, they, it's the most warm audience you could ever walk really? into. Yes. They are happy to see you. Okay. And it's, um, it's, you know, it's a trip. Like I was at the University of St. Louis and oh, cool. Northwestern and it's 500 to a thousand kids that are mostly screaming out Drake and Josh references. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, course. you really curated a lot of their growth as human beings in the world. It's very weird. And as a 31-year-old human, I just look at these people and I'm like, you're just, you're just babies. There's so, yeah. I, uh, when I see my cousins now at holidays, when I go home and I know that they're in college, I don't believe it because they look like children that right. I want to protect and not let loose into the world to just make mistakes and do whatever they want. Did you go to college? No, not even a little. And I, you know, isn't it funny with that age thing too, though? Like mm -hmm. I remember going into seventh grade and I was like, I'm I'm a grown up. Yes. I was like <laughs> seventh grade is the deciding factor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've crossed the line and I'm a big kid now. And I'm, then like tenth grade, I'm like, geez. I got on. this. Yeah, yeah. I've been You're basically around. middle age now. Right. <laughs> yeah, truly. No, I'm I was just talking, we were talking before about um Jack and I are both from New Jersey, but met living in New York City before we moved out here. And I was I, I went to college and then moved to New York after. And thinking about myself at 21 living in New York, I'm like, how did my parents let me do that when I thought, I got this. I'm like the most adult adult of all time. In hindsight, I was a little fetus that got eight, let loose. 18. Really? Because I went there to go to NYU, so 18 oh, years yeah, old, yeah. wandering around Manhattan. It doesn't Bad. make sense. In yeah. Washington Square Park. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Looking for weed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, because you're from New York, right? I am. I'm from New York, and, and it's funny you say that, because I remember at 11, taking the Crosstown bus by myself every day to school. Wow, really? Yeah. That's my, my mom crazy. didn't care about me. <laughs> <laughs> it's all a learning curve, right? Feed, feed them to the wolves. Yeah. It's funny, because you don't have like that New York armor that you see like tough people who live in New York who've lived there their whole lives. Like Michael Rappaport, whose for, podcast okay. I've gotten obsessed with. For, it's so good. It's a scream cast. He just screams about things he hates for an hour, and I love it. I did, it I've known Mike for like over 10 years, and what's the greatest part is that it, that's him. Yeah. Like, like if I saw him on the street, he'd be like, yo, what's up, Josh? How you doing? <laughs> yo, good to see you. Wow, like you sound the, just like him. The, yeah. the gringo man dingo. <laughs> That's it. I uh, started listening to his audiobook, thisbookhasballs.com, if you want to go get it for yourself. Wow. Uh, we don't know each other, but I'm just promoting him because just he's wonderful. Fan. We should get him on the show. He has that Netflix show. Well, I'm a little afraid of him is the other side oh, of it. Oh, really? Because the I get that. The, he's intimidating. Yeah, the beginning of his audiobook, his editor speaks about the process of making this book with him <laughs> and it's the most intense story of Michael getting kicked out of every restaurant they met in every coffee shop no. they tried because he gets in fights with people constantly wow. and they just kick him out but he's fantastic hearing that about, I was like about a tribe called quest or about anything basketball anything <laughs> he started screaming at a man that had a British accent because he thought he was faking his accent but he wasn't even talking to Michael he was just having a conversation somewhere else that's amazing yeah there's something wow. beautiful about observing him, but I don't think I could interact without feeling fear 
So okay. man, that's for a conversation for another fair, time. I, fair I have enough. a funny story about we did this little indie movie together when I was 17. Okay. And so, you know, and it was like this, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollar indie. And it actually turned out pretty cool. And Michael's great in it. Mm-hmm. And I remember we're doing this scene and he sort of said, I, I think the scene should go this way. And I don't know why, for whatever reason, I probably didn't even have a point, but I was just trying to feel myself. And yeah. I was like, actually... <laughs> I'm not sure that that works for me. And Uh-oh. Michael and Mike liked me and like in the nicest way he looked at me and he was like 47 movies, son. <laughs> 47 <laughs> movies. And I was like, "All right, good point. Thank that's you." That's amazing. Wow. Well, that's another thing and I'm sure you've talked about this a ton, but the idea of growing up uh, we I I just learned that you started doing stand up when you were 8 years old. Is I that did. true? Yeah, I was what? too I was too fat for Little League. <laughs> <laughs> so you picked another more depressing sport to be a part of. Right. Yeah. By the way, exactly. that is the perfect name for your hour special. Yeah. Exactly. Too fat for Little League. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's funny because now looking back at that time and to mm-hmm. my mom's credit, it was just literally her feeling like I was this kind of funny, weird kid. Mm-hmm. And I love doing kids theater and what have you, school plays. So one day I was reading this um, actor's magazine in New York backstage. Oh, oh sure, yeah. yeah. Very theatrical. Absolutely. Uh-huh. And there was this kid agent, and we went and met him, and his name was Sid Gold at Gold Star <laughs> Entertainment. That sounds... I'm sure it's. Inc- it sounds written. Yeah, I'm sure it's incredibly real, but it sounds so incredibly fake. fake. Yeah. And he just was like, "I rep kid comedians, so if you can put together a five minute act, I'll put you up." And yeah. Well- do you remember sitting down and being like, jokes, jokes, jokes. How do I get five minutes now? It was probably half making fun of my mom. Yeah. And my grandma and like the people, you know, basically my best friends. Uh-huh. And uh, and then doing, you know, I would make, do some commentary about school. And sure. Impressions of cartoon characters. And I'm sure it was mostly awful. But over like five years, because I never, I'm sure it was charming. Yeah, it was you adorable. Eight. You got to write what you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure I got some pity laughs. But like by 13, because I never tried to have more than 10 minutes. Uh-huh. I had like bangers. Right. <laughs> I would go out oh, there really? and crush it. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't do any audience work. Oh, so it yeah. was like it was almost like a monologue. Like I knew what worked. Yeah, well, that's what stand up is, right? Like you work it out in front of a crowd, and then you get really good at but it. But where right. were you performing as a teenager? Um, all over New York, Caroline's Comedy Club, really? Catch a Rising Star, these Gotham. Are, these are all super legit comedy clubs. I've been to these comedy clubs, and I've never seen an eight year old do stand up. I, mean, I know. You got to get Sid Gold on this. Clearly. He's booking all of it. Shout out Sid Gold. I hope he's still alive. He was a really nice guy. Thanks, Sid. (laughs) He's a huge fan of our podcast. Still here. I'm sure. Yeah, he's got nothing else going on right now. Wow, that is fascinating. So is that how you got into acting? Was via the the stand-up and stuff? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I was doing that, and then it was this um, particular summer. I was going from elementary to middle school, and my mom and I – you know, I have like a single mom, only mm-hmm. child. So we always like kind of went through these ups and downs financially. And so it was a down and out summer. It was shit. Right. We were broke and we were just hanging out, hoping for the best. And I remember my mom mentioned, she's like, you know, there's this performing arts high school. I think you should audition, like give it a shot. And it was oh, a week before cool. school started. And 
I got in and I cool. went and it was like the game changer because I was surrounded by freaks. Oh, yeah, and I was yeah. like, these are my people. Yeah, you're like, this is my jungle. I like this. Right. That's super cool. But now, and this is what fascinates me too, is the transition into the social media side of things. Because you started on Vine with all of those like David Dobrik's and Jason Nash's and, and sure. people like that. What was that like? Or what made you just start posting on Vine? Or were you a social media person? Like, did you like using social media platforms, I guess, normally without it trying to be like, I'm going to use this to further career stuff. No, I had no conception of that. Okay. Like, what about for you? Like, did you? Well, that's why I'm fascinated because that was the same thing. I lived in New York and was doing improv comedy. Okay. And like, my goal was like, I want to be on SNL or I want to be in my own Tina Fey kind of sitcom. And the internet was just something that was available. I was auditioning for TV film and not getting cast in anything, sure. but able to go back to my apartment in Brooklyn and upload a video with no casting director going, no, no, not you. We want that girl to upload a video. Right. And so it became this like hobby that was just really fun and then morphed into a job. And then I met Jack through a company that I was working for. And then that's when kind of that whole ecosystem started like exploding and people realizing like, oh, this is, you know, an opportunity for careers to start happening. It really like democratized uh right. entertainment a lot um and so it's still that counterbalance like when i see people that have watched youtube their whole life and decide that's my career is going to be a youtuber it blows my mind still because right. that wasn't i'm 32 that wasn't like available when i was trying to figure out what i wanted to do it's crazy so when i talk to like david dobrik i'm just like tell me everything you think about everything like, what's your worldview? And right. same with Jason Nash. So it's like, you're the other end of the spectrum. What's your worldview on yeah. this now? And for you, I imagine that it's like me in the sense that we grew up with sort of the old fashioned system right. of movies, television, and, and there's something romantic about that. Mm -hmm. And when you talk to someone like David, who's 21 and crushes it on social and yeah. sort of came up in that era, he can't even understand why you would do something else. Oh, exactly. I mean, he get, he, you know, I know that he has hopes and dreams to transi transition into other forms of entertainment and be able to take his thing sort of global. Right. But I, there is a part of him that just feels like there's so, like to do a movie role or some small indie that there's a good chance no one will see. Sure. He's like, but why? I, he doesn't understand. Yeah, and, kind of makes sense. <laughs> I, I get it. If that was my only perspective and my only experience, I mean, I did improv shows for three people in an audience right. that you spend your whole night getting to the theater, having to ask a bunch of friends to try and come and buy drinks and then going home super late at the end of the night and being like, well, I, I would do that again because I have to do that again to right. like keep the hustle going. So there's a different type of hustle. And it, how did you, was it through Vine that you met David and that whole group? Yeah, I mean, I started on Vine in 2013. Mm -hmm. Basically, my girlfriend, who's now my wife at the time, you know, we I loved Chris D'Elia's Vines. Oh, yeah. The comedian, and he's a buddy, and we'd watch it and crack up. So she just said one day to me, I remember it was Mother's Day, and she mm -hmm. was like, make one, see what happens. And I had about 10,000 followers on Twitter. Okay. So the fact that it was linking yeah. kind of gave it a, the slightest spark. And then all of a sudden, within a few months, it just really within a month, mm -hmm. it started growing out of control. 
And I didn't know what it was or if it made sense, but I knew having been shackled to this thing, this huge machine this system yeah. of a business that wasn't even sure wanted me or not. Sure. And then also the frustration of building or making something, waiting a year for it to come out. And then inevitably, most of the time, it's not quite what you imagined. Sure. To be able to go right to the audience within seconds. Yeah. And Vine made it. What was brilliant about Vine was... You know, I was intimidated by YouTube or anything where I'm like, I don't iMovie and uploading? <laughs> yeah. That sounds terrible. Uh-huh. But Vine was like, hey, idiot, like, just push your thumb on the, <laughs> on the screen yeah. and hit upload. Uh, right. And it was instantaneous. And it, it was all sort of, um, yeah, it, it just sort of took off from there. But now you are figuring out YouTube. Right. Because you have a YouTube channel. I do. And uh, you do vlogs and, like, comedy things on there. Yeah. And laughable entertainment in and of itself. Hey, thanks. I'm a fan of yours. Hey, God bless. This is great. <laughs> uh, but now you, so you have learned, do you edit yourself? I do on iMovie. Okay. What's that like? <laughs> it's very rudimentary. Oh, no. That's, I'm, I, people, I've been editing all my videos forever. And so people assume that I'm really good at editing and I can only do the very bare minimum of what my videos like require. Yeah. And anything else, any graphics, anything, I have to have a friend do it because I just don't know how to do it. Um, but what do you think about the idea of like seeing your own face constantly when you're editing? Cause that's the biggest question I get or the biggest thing I've learned is what people hate about everything about myself because yeah. the feedback that you get, that's so direct. Yeah. Uh, and because I've just watched my face in so many videos that I've cut around that what's that process like now to be in the post-production side of all the stuff that you're making? Oh, well, I totally hate myself. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Then you're, yeah, welcome, that's friend. Why I, that's why we're all here, right? Yeah. I mean, there's like Indeed. a deep, unsatiated need, sick yeah. hole in the soul that we all have. Because why else would we do this? Of course. And we think that some level, like some fake finish line, imaginary thing is on the horizon. Right. Or some amount of prestige or wealth or romance will inevitably fill us, which it won't. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we're holding out hope. Um, yeah, I mean, I've I've gotten pretty good. I use, I have my buddy Joe, um, Joe Volpis, who mm-hmm. will sometimes do like a rough assembly for me. Cool. Just because he's a master and what takes him an hour would take me 10. Right. And then I'll just sort of cherry pick moments and try to highlight a joke or make sure that, that certain things are working. But... I I find that I was listening to Billy Joel the other day, interviewed by Howard Stern, and he was I'm like, "I'm interested. <laughs> Come on, yeah. you ready for this?" And Howard was like, "Do you love or hate the piano, or do, is it a is it a love hate thing?" And he said, "It really is that." Uh-huh. He said, "Because in so many ways, this piano is giving me." every single thing in my life. Mm. He's like, but when I have a song that needs to come out, he's like, all it is is this friggin' eight foot, 88 keyed monster Uh that's not like, and I'm not getting it out. So it's similar to that in the respect of like, I'll know there's a good video in there. Right. But it's like, can I face that screen for the next five hours and take the time to actually break it down and find those moments? I can't anymore. I've burned out on it. But I get what you mean. It's <laughs> I like get it. mining this like giant rock that you know you can eventually turn into a cool sculpture, but you're like, oh, I just don't want to pick at this right now. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I mean, you've been doing it for what? How long have you been? Um, almost 10 years. That's, I mean, that's unreal. Like you're the original, like you're well, the OG. I think I'm second wave of all of it. Yeah. But there's, it, it, 
the time flies when you are your own boss in a lot of ways, right. which is wonderful. But at the same time, you're like, I have to be so gracious for this, but also I do get bothered by it at times. So there's a weird dichotomy and feelings that happen around it. But that's like, I don't know, I don't call myself an artist, but like any artist has this like, like Jimmy Buffett does, has this, uh, <laughs> yeah. Push pull this like <laughs> I hate this but I love it and I'm tortured by it but it pleases me so much and yeah it's crazy. I've always said you're the Jimmy Buffett of the internet. Thank you. My mom will be so <laughs> fucking stoked. Uh, uh, also, just so we know, I want to see if this is the uh, the right Sid Gold that we found on the internet. Is you that, found oh Sid Gold. Boy, is Sid that Gold. is that him? I mean, that very well could be. I, <laughs> it was so long ago. For Gold Star talent, I mean, it's got to be. First of all, he looks great. <laughs> I mean, the guy is aged beautifully. Is that him currently? Yeah. Oh, wow. Mel, Mel found him uh, while we were talking. That's amazing. I just thought you were, like, replying to emails. Yeah, no, Jack I was, just gets I was bored find, and just starts texting. I, I, was finding, I was finding Sid Gold to see I if mean, that's the guy. Wait, can oh, I see? Sydney. He looks like a talent agent, oh, doesn't he? Oh, he looks like a sweetheart. <laughs> he kind of yeah. looks like Scorsese. Yeah, he looks like Scorsese. When you sh- when when Mel held, held her phone, I'm like, why are you showing me a picture of Scorsese? <laughs> he's I'm got like, way to go, Mel. I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, text it to me. He's got great style. He yeah, looks great. He does. Yeah, he's well put together. He's aged so well. Okay, what's, what's that print called? The, what's the what? The print on his shirt. Uh, my wife. Oh, is, gingham. Gingham. My wife yeah. is a fashion major, like designer really? artist. So she, when she introduced that word gingham into my <laughs> vocabulary, I was like, "Holy shit, Paige!" I was like, "Where did that? That's what not a that? word." Yeah, he's uh, wearing a gingham shirt with a notch lapel blazer and a skinny tie, and like some right. statement glasses. Yeah, which are look <laughs> yeah, great. He's, he's doing it really well. What um one like I said before, congrats on married life. Thank you. Do you show your personal life, like Paige, in your videos, or do you guys have kind of an understanding of like we draw the line at a certain point of how much we showcase? Uh, well, Paige is vlog gold. Okay, she's she's just <laughs> natural. Oh, okay, she's super funny, and but yeah, we're super pr- protective of that. And there have been some like clickbait attempts about sure. like pregnancy scares, and you only or get a couple of those before <laughs> people bail on you that are like, totally. you can't keep doing this to us. And she was like, no asshole, that's not right. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you're hundred percent right. You know what's great, especially about my wife, um, amongst the many things, is that. She has this great, she can discern what's appropriate and what works. And she really is like, a, like she's down, she's down the clown. There you go. But she'll like. Oh, so she's a, she's yeah. a, she's a juggalo? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yes, she's yep. a juggalo. Okay, that cool. classic cool. married phrase, down to clown. <laughs> down to clown. But only like, but she's got like a very clear limit and mm. she's, and I always want to push it because I'm some sick people pleasing freak. Sure. <laughs> As we but she's one about. of those with quote healthy boundaries. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. beautifully oh. healthy boundaries. <laughs> well, speaking of healthy boundaries, I want to because I ask everyone that's like in any way associated with David where their boundaries are when it comes to collaborating with him because it's hard. His I get really jealous about the entertainment that he started making because I'm like this is so smart. This is the a great next wave of like making vlogs and uh, digital entertainment, but he fucks with his friends so much that I wonder, one, how much stuff hits the editing room floor that doesn't make it because it's too compromising in whatever way? And two, do you have like a safe word or a system with him that you're like, you can't fuck with this or this on camera? 
Well, the thing about David is, is that he's like my um, more successful, talented younger brother. Yeah, I think that's his brand overall for a lot of people. Like, and because we have this incredible sort of interesting relationship that he grew up watching me Mm -hmm. and now we work together and I have such an appreciation and sort of, uh, yeah, I just, I'm impressed by the kid. Yeah. And so it's great because he will look to me and for advice at times and, Mm -hmm. you know, more than half the time, not take it at all. But (laughs) I'm glad if there's any moment where I can be helpful, but What's great is, and I really, I'm not joking. I have to say this to his credit. There Mm -hmm. has never been a moment where I, or I've seen anyone else where they've said, don't put that in, Mm -hmm. or I don't want that on or whatever, where David for a moment has hesitated. Wow. He always honors. He's like, no problem. He'll even sometimes send me stuff before he puts it up and say, this might be a little double checking. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, you kind of said this thing might be misinterpreted. Mm. Are you sure? That's Um, cool. Which is great. But he also... He serves the joke no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's nothing. You can an- tell by his editing. Right. Yeah. There's nothing ancillary around it, which also I find that you can get away with being on the borderline of, of things mm-hmm. if it's really funny. Right. Yeah. That's you know, true. You can't play like you can't cross the line and be unfunny on top of it. No, of course not. But you can kind of cross it a little bit if you're super funny and smart about it. And he does a great job of presenting material. Not to make this podcast about David because you were already on here. Yeah. But- <laughs> God, David, take yeah. over my whole life. <laughs> but no, he does a great job of uh, the pacing of it is so fast that you sometimes don't process something. If you pace something slow enough, people over process right. and will find a reason to be offended or upset about something rather than if they don't have a chance to like sit on that for a second, they Mm. don't notice that it's bothering them in any way or could bother them in any way, which I think is really smart. Um, but he put a he put a friggin' massive spider on my chest. Yeah, what was that like? Uh, Like a month into us hanging out. And I just looked at him very clearly in the eyes once that spider was off me and I was like, no more of that. (laughs) 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 Never again. It's like training a very uh, rambunctious dog to be like, I'm alpha in this moment and you cannot do that. That's yeah. I went down a K-hole like I don't know how many months ago where I first learned of David and all of his vlogs and everything. And I was in such shock because I, I couldn't do it. I think if he did it once, same thing. I'd be like, you can't ever do that again because right. you're going to break me down and we're not yeah. going to ever be friends again. Yeah, I don't I don't fuck with that. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. I can't. He, But it's still really funny and really fun. Um, we're going to get into some Twitter questions for you because we oh, got good. some really good ones. But before we do, I'm going to ask you the two questions I ask every guest that's on the podcast. Okay. And the first one is who, uh, alive or dead, would you most want to throw cold spaghetti at? Sheesh, cold spaghetti at. Mm-hmm. Alive or dead. That's, t- I mean... What if what are some of the answers you've gotten in the past? Mostly Michael Rapaport. No, Michael we Rappaport. never. Uh, we get a lot of Trump. Trump, boring. Um, but we just easy. got Andy Warhol. Yeah, and, which is a good one. Uh, uh, why am I blanking? Hole. Uh, Courtney Love. Courtney Love. Yeah. Um, Courtney Love. That'd which, be amazing. Which is a uh, yeah teaser to next week's episode. Oh right, because <laughs> we're shooting out of order. Um, and then we've it's been all over the place because it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. Sometimes you might think they're like best friend. Mm -hmm. We've gotten each other. We've gotten um, people throwing at themselves. Mm -hmm. I'd probably do it like, I don't. Yeah, I would probably do it to someone that needed to not take themselves so seriously. 
Okay. So Sid Gold then. <laughs> yeah, Sid Gold. <laughs> who takes themselves really seriously? Hmm. Who doesn't have a sense of humor about themselves? Oh, uh, Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> Bill O'Reilly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's um, a very political answer. I'm trying to think of someone non-political. Who... Someone takes themselves too seriously. Uh, David Blaine. David <laughs> Blaine. Oh. I feel like he can make it disappear though. Yo. So be like, what? Yeah. Side note, because I was fat growing up. Obviously, I love magic. And <laughs> <laughs> I don't totally know how those two thoughts those relate to trust each go other. Together. Trust me, they do. Because <laughs> it's like a great hobby to do while you're alone in your room. <laughs> like not being in public and social. And I okay. love David Blaine. His book changed my life at 16. And I saw him at the gym. <laughs> He's so excited right that now. You saw him in a show somewhere. No. But, okay. In the valley, in like in Encino. And he was like getting on a motorcycle. And I don't know if he recognized me or he just does this to everyone, but we, we like had heavy eye contact. And I'm like, it's like a mixed connection. I was like, oh my God, that's David Blaine. I'm dying. And he just was like, hey man. And I was like, hi, David Blaine. Oh my God. Did you actually say hi, David? No. Oh. I just was like, hey man, and I was like, mm. I honestly feel like David Blaine is a an attainable get for a collaboration I of sorts. Oh my god, dare to dream. Uh, dare put your thoughts dream. out there, manifest it, make it happen for yourself. That would be hilarious and amazing. Um, That's a great answer, though, David Blaine. I'll take it. Yeah, sure. I think he he would make it disappear, and then he'd get on his motorcycle, <laughs> and then make the motorcycle disappear while he was driving away. I hope so. <laughs> right. um, okay. The other question I ask every guest is to tell us your worst pants shitting story or close call, but you can only use three words or three small phrases. So mine is college jogging front lawn. Oh my God. Yeah. I should have an updated one by now, but I think I just Well, thankfully you don't. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I'm healthy. I don't know. Uh, mine is uh, <laughs> bed wife asleep. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Well, no follow-up questions on that Yikes. story. Uh, okay, now we have some Twitter questions for you. People are very curious. Oh, good. Um, this one is from... Kepner. No, did you just do that? Well yeah, done. she's her own David Blaine. <laughs> uh, this is Kepner's Dobrik. How does he put up with David? Gosh. Oh, <laughs> uh, the reality is David's just easy to be with as long as you just want to work and shoot all day and not do anything. Else. <laughs> fair. But totally we, fair. We have a good time, and he likes to stop for a quick 25 minute either Chipotle or Buffalo Wild Wing break. Okay. But so he does take breaks from time to time. He does. That's, That's his good. weakness, Buffalo Wild Wings. Very human. <laughs> yes. um, okay. The next question is from IRL Courtney. What does John Stamos smell like? Oh, like dreams, like <laughs> grease, and uh, like the, the country grease. Okay. And, uh, I was like, okay, like nice grease, like KFC yeah. grease. Like He smells good. Like he doesn't smell like Macy's cologne. Okay. He smells like cologne, like high end that you have to get in like Neiman Marcus or Saks. <laughs> oh, whoa. That's like, a, yeah. Oh, the good stuff. Like wood, like, like tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> like, like man. He smells like a man. He doesn't smell like yogurt. He eats so much of that Greek yogurt. I know. No, he doesn't smell it, but he's, yeah, he's just a dreamboat. Everything you could imagine and more. Oh, that's good to know. We were just looking at his butt photo earlier. It's he, great. He came up in conversation and uh, he just proposed at Disneyland or Disney World. Yeah. yeah. So he's doing it. God bless him. Um, okay. I think we have one more Twitter question from Hot Wings. JC. <laughs> 
Jesus. Do you look look at your toilet paper after you wipe? This is a very specific question. Very specific. No, I don't. But also I use baby wipes. Wow. And and if you don't, you're gross. Wow. I'm going to venture out to say that. Yeah. Wow. Definitely. Okay. I think it's fair. I didn't know that was a thing, but that's a thing. And now I feel less than. So now we have a segment called This is Curious, where we find something that you've posted on social media that might seem a little curious to us and would love some sort of backstory (laughs) on. Oh, I remember this tweet. Okay, this is from uh, September 27th, my actual birthday. birthday. Hey. Hey, I was getting older while you were tweeting this. So you (laughs) tweeted, Paige and I better get pregnant quick if our kids have any chance at becoming friends with the new Kardashian babies. True. I mean, just a true thought. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's pretty straightforward. (laughs) I mean, this was because like the day before Chloe and Kylie had announced that they were. Are they actually pregnant? I don't, are they? Is this true? No one knows? I really? asked the, the three females sitting on the other side of the room. <laughs> they're so good at this, that this is now going to get them more attention because they're not confirming or yeah, denying. that's true. Right. They know what they're great. doing. God, they know how to do PR for themselves so well. Um, okay, but this was around when the speculation started that they were both pregnant. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it would be adorable if, like, me and Chloe were both, like, front-packing our kids and, going, <laughs> <laughs> like, and meeting at, like, the Calabasas Whole Foods yeah, the- <laughs> or an acai bowl. Like, I'm so down to do that. Wow, that is such a California sentence. I know, but also, it's the time of year to make resolutions, so 2018. Dare anything? to dream. Exactly. Then why not? <laughs> I just started flying back from New York. Uh, I had nothing better to do on the plane, and I should have been doing work, but I was like, no, I don't want to do it. So I watched uh, a marathon of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, which I'd never watched a full episode of before. And now really? I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. Now you're a huge fan. Yeah. They just sit on different couches in different homes and look at their phones and then kind of monotonally talk <laughs> at each other. Yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> and Courtney has all those, they all have these huge dishes of cookies in yeah. the kitchen. <laughs> That I'm always like, I want to eat those cookies. <laughs> I'm like, and I'm like, do those cookies? Those cookies have they have to be bad by now. <laughs> Stale, don't let right? Them, don't let them go to waste. I'll yeah. eat them. Yeah, they have. I don't know how they do what they do, but I'm fascinated by it. Well, um, they're huge fans of the podcast, so please send us the cookies. We'll yeah. send them to Josh. <laughs> I, please. Um, speaking of cookies, let's talk about Hanukkah. Yeah, yeah. great Judaism. You tweet a little bit about Judaism and being Jewish. Uh, yeah. On Online. Did you just assume my religion? Um, only because your no. tweets. <laughs> I assume, I read between the lines of the tweets. You're like only because of your Jew face. Uh, <laughs> only because I love to make gross assumptions of people based on initial no, impressions. I'm Jewish. I mean, it's very obvious from the moment you see me. You're like, yep, part of the tribe. But <laughs> okay, so my question with this, and because we're doing a lot of holiday themed episodes right now, and we always just defer to talking about Christmas because Jack and I both celebrate Christmas. Sure. Is I've grown up knowing vague. I guess stereotypes and ideas about Hanukkah, but we wanted to ask you to give us any of your information. We have a couple um, specifics that maybe you can enlighten us to more information about certain things. We're basically, we're forcing you to represent an entire religion right now. No problem. Great. We're going to give the caveat that uh, Josh is being forced into doing this. He does not necessarily agree with this, (laughs) but he doesn't deny it. so rough. (laughs) 
Because <laughs> there's like so many good Passover movies, but very few like Hanukkah movies. Yeah, that's the thing. Because oh. Hanukkah, Hanukkah is like it's it's not like a very important holiday, right? No. Unlike Christmas, which is like like maybe the second most important holiday for Christians, Hanukkah is not, right? No. So it probably goes. Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur uh-huh. is like our basically the Catholics have said we're going to atone for our sins every Sunday or you know whenever we go to confession right. and the Jews were like you know we'll do it one day <laughs> <laughs> we'll consolidate it to one day a year so there's that and then there's Passover the the big Exodus right, right. and then we have some like like smaller known lesser known holidays that mm. are dope like Purim which is basically Jew Halloween what where you get to wear a costume yeah when is this uh some part it's, sometime it's, in the it's... year <laughs> yeah then yeah. I only know because B&H is closed that's when I know when all the Jewish holidays oh, are right okay. because like B&H is like the big for those guys who don't know it's they, a big like, tech company in or like camera warehouse yeah it's a camera place where I get like all my camera gear when I was in New York and so I'd be like Ah, what is Sukkot? It's closed for two weeks. What's happening? So Sukkot is the Jewish holiday of building forts. What? Yeah. Like Like a cool dope because I assume, and this is just me not knowing my history as much as I should, but, you know, we're we're desert-dwelling people. Gotcha. You know, sort of Bedouin tents and the whole thing. So you build these kind of, you'll see at synagogues, their own sort of makeshift. Whoa. Little forts and people eat dinner in there. It's very cute. No, that's, that's cool. Very, I mean, we have mangers. Yes, we do have mangers I mean, for Christmas. Which I guess is, I don't know, at all parallel. Okay, here's, um. well, that's the first question is like, give us the elevator pitch of Hanukkah and the story. Oh, boy, I got nothing. It, <laughs> don't worry, <laughs> we can move on. The oil was supposed to last for one night. It lasted for eight nights. I believe there was some sort of battle type thing, okay. something with the... The temple. Yeah, they were like stuck in the temple and they're like, oh no, we have enough oil for a day. But it lasted eight days, right? Right. Okay, so miracles. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. So like, yeah, same with Jesus is a miracle. Yeah, there's like the loaves, and the, the loaves and the fishes. The fish and the bread, yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Similar. Cute. Uh, what this are is the... our podcast always do really well when we target religion. Yes, just always. I imagine. <laughs> um, but next, I mean, it's next not just... week, Jehovah's Witness. It's, yeah. not, it's not just about religion. It's it's more about the holiday. So like, what are some of the best and the worst like Hanukkah themed activities that you participated in? Uh, dreidel spinning is a good time no matter what. It I is. Needed, I didn't yeah. know. Is that because it, it feels like gambling? It is. Because <laughs> what, yeah, what exactly, not to jump ahead, but I'm going to jump ahead. What, explain what dreidel spinning is. It's a, it's a, a, it's a top. T- yeah, that you spin. And yeah. is it you bet on what's going to land on? I think so. So it's like of. dice. Right, exactly. Okay. I think. It's, it's like Jewish craps. But then we play with like gold, uh, chocolate gold Oh, coins I love those. Called gelt. Those are good. Have that's... you had those? Oh yeah, that you the foil open the, wrapped mm-hmm. chocolate. Mm-hmm. They're mm, great, that's good stuff. And then what you play until you're out of coins? Sure. So it is gambling. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly. So it's what... exactly gambling, but for kids. Okay. <laughs> and then if you run out it. of coins and you lose again, your mom breaks your knees. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! So it's a lot like gambling. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. But that's a great. You're saying that's a good one. That's a good activity. Super fun. Yeah. What is there one that's like a pain in the ass? I mean, I guess it's just the the idea that 
all my Catholic friends growing up were like, oh, you're so lucky, like eight nights of gifts. And I'm like, nah, son. <laughs> like, like Jewish parents get hip to that real quick. Uh-huh. So like day one will be socks. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. so it's like very, night, night yeah. five. What is it? This, you know, it's like they say the good ones for like the, like the, the premier yeah. nights, right? You Maybe you get okay. two nights of like good top, stuff. top tier okay. gifts. Yeah. The rest you, is throwaways. You know how yeah. else you can get many nights of gifts? If your parents are divorced, yeah. Oh, just yeah. to let you know, Christmas is great when you have divorced parents. Everyone thinks it's not, but it's fucking awesome. So kids, <laughs> be that wedge between your fingers. Hey. Folks. Uh, <laughs> all right. So next one is: Are there Hanukkah songs besides the obviously very popular dreidel song? Do you know of any? Like, well, it's Hanukkah also songs? Adam Sandler. Oh, eight uh, crazy nights, right? Eight crazy nights is Adam Sandler's yeah, that, I mean, Hanukkah song. I grew up not around a lot of Jewish people, but Adam Sandler's but you grew song. Up in Jersey, right? Yeah, in what part? South Jersey. We grew up in the same Philly. Yeah, we grew up in the same area, so we didn't right. really come in contact with a lot of Jewish people until we moved to New York. Right. Yeah, but then I remember that's when Adam Sandler's song came out, and yeah. it was like massive, and everyone was like, "Oh, this is like a cool Hanukkah song." But right. I didn't know if it was cool because I didn't know. Are there any other Hanukkah songs besides the dreidel song? I don't think so. I mean, it is a trip because listen, Christmas and rightfully so because it's merry as hell. Like has yeah. co-opted the holiday season. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, and so as a Jewish person, I feel left out. Like, <laughs> luckily, my wife celebrates Christmas and her family does. Okay. So now she's, she's Irish, right? O'Brien. Yeah. 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 So, so I get to enjoy it now. That's cool. There was you she go. was she raised Catholic? Yes. Yeah, so I'm also Irish Catholic, so. Perfect. That's great, because Christmas is awesome. It's just the crushing, you know, shame and guilt that comes with the rest of the year. Yeah, well, that's the thing about being Catholic. Well, that's the yeah. similarity I find with Catholics and Jews. It's all like guilt and food. Guilt and food, yes, yeah. that's yeah. it. Yeah, I think that's religion as a whole. It's just based on fear yeah. via guilt and yeah. then right. eating. Feeling terrible about the things you've done. Yeah. Um, speaking of food, we have potato pancakes here. This is incredible. Have you ever had them? Oh, yeah, I'm a huge fan. They're I love it. fantastic. But these are the quote-unquote official food of Hanukkah. They are. How, why? Yeah, uh, do they say why? I know. I'm not sure. <laughs> like most things, it's just tradition because you've uh, always done it. Yeah, people can ask me anything about Christmas, and I have no idea. Well, because the traditional food of Christmas is a ham, right? But why would? That but then be the a Italians ham? do like a ten fish yeah. dinner thing. Oh, and that's good. And they're Roman, so they're probably like the original Catholic. Right. Yeah, I think course. everyone just got lazy and was like, "Let's just do ham." <laughs> yeah. Ham doesn't get its own holiday. I don't yeah. want to do seven courses. Or yeah, 10 we courses. just did turkey. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there? Are there any other? food items that are specific? I don't think so. I mean, Jewish food kind of has this weird, because we're sort of synonymous with deli food, right? Right, like, okay. Which is pretty much like the most unkosher, un-Jewish food you can really? eat. And yet, like, it's usually just like some delicious part of like the cow that shouldn't be eaten. Sure. Or, <laughs> or like bagels and lox. Yeah, but bagels and lox, you can't, I mean, you just can't go wrong. For yeah. To uh, enlighten the the beautiful listeners of, you know, the Grace Helbig show. Um, it Bagels and locks are like, it's smoked salmon. salmon oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. Smoked I, salmon on bagel with a little bit of cream cheese. My Delicious. college best friend's brother got married and they're a very Jewish family. And I went as his like friend date to the wedding. And the Cute. morning after was just bagels and locks 
everywhere and we were mm. so hungover and it was the best thing I've ever walked downstairs to. It felt like Ugh. some holiday morning that I was like, Ugh. this is perfect. This is all I want in my face right now. Give me those capers. Give me that cream cheese. Give me all of it. It was and so carb, good. Carbs what's, and salt. What's it perfect. like being the friend date to a wedding? Super fun. You can do whatever you want. It was, right? Yeah, it was great. I was like, <laughs> it's like a, a side company I'd love to start for myself of like, I will be a, your wedding date. No strings <laughs> totally. attached. I will have fun, be conversational. I'll dance. I won't be weird and quiet. I'll <laughs> right. drink and make people feel comfortable. And then I'll go home and sleep in my bed at the end of the night. Right. It's Perfect. a possible great career option. Is there ever a, a, the slightest moment throughout the night where you're like, oh, I'll give him a good night kiss? No. Just <laughs> oh my God. God, no. I can imagine that that could happen, but Andy's like my brother. So it was like, and the family knew that we're like brother and sister. So it would gross everyone out, including myself, if that were to happen. But if you got drunk enough, it happened on the dance floor. Who, who knows? Who knows? All right. So the last question we have about Hanukkah is, uh, so obviously Christmas has Santa Claus, but Hanukkah doesn't really have like a character. So if you had to design one, what do you think the Hanukkah character would be? The Hanukkah character. Yeah. Which is weird because Christmas is about Jesus. Yeah, right. it's about the but day then, Jesus is born. Right, and then mm -hmm. now Santa is the representative of it. Yeah. So I, that connect is always a little bizarre. Yeah, I think he's like a pretty modern <laughs> creation, Santa. Like, you think he's only been around for about 100 years. All right. Really? Yeah, he's pretty new. Wow, yeah. outstanding. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who's, whoever created the branding for Santa's <laughs> really? crushing it. <laughs> really doing well. Um, so a, a Jewish sort of ha uh, Hanukkah mascot. Yeah. yeah. Maybe like an oil tanker with like a face. You this know, isn't oil. your question. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm just spitballing. I'm spitballing. I'm in, I'm in brainstorm mode. Um, I'm trying to think of like who's just a, a high level. I get, yeah, I mean, it would have to be. I don't know Steven Spielberg. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like Steven Spielberg comes to all like the well-behaved boys right. and girls, and yeah. leaves Jaws Blu-rays or <laughs> that would be awesome as gifts. Oh yeah, that, I like it. That could work. Yeah, Catch Me If You Can. Oh, great Christmas movie. Sure. I love Catch Me If You Can. Saving Private Ryan. Just a little, screeners a for everyone. Morbid, but... A little bit dark, but yeah. okay. Yeah, why not? I you mean, know. yeah, the holiday. I mean. Santa gives coal when kids are bad. Yeah, so. for the bad kids, he leaves Saving Private Ryan DVDs. That's the darkest. <laughs> my, my wife had the best um, comment about, you know, obviously she saw me with my friends. And Jewish people, when we get around each other, we just have this shorthand. And, okay. Because we all have like a very sim for the most part. But, you know, there's this similarity and, and this similar experience growing up and sure. Jewish mothers and the whole thing. And so my wife just said to me, she's like, God, you guys really like to talk about being Jewish. <laughs> She's like, you guys all get around together and you only talk about one thing. And I was like, it's very true. That's so Well, to be fair, you put her in a room with other Irish people. I'm sure that's going to be the same thing, right? Right, you guys talk about potatoes and <laughs> al alcoholism. For instance. <laughs> no, no, no. We just participate in alcoholism. We don't need to talk about no, it. We don't no, talk that's about the one it. untalked about issue <laughs> yeah, exactly. in the whole group. But it feels like, if anything, all cultures and religions are brought together around potatoes. Yes. In some form. Because it's the perfect carb. That's my theory. It's true. It's that's basically a vegetable. 
It's, it's, I think it is a vegetable. It is, is the actual definition <laughs> of a potato. So it is basically a vegetable because it is a vegetable. <laughs> what a uh, fun log line to leave this episode of Not Too Deep. <laughs> so uh, glad. Josh, we're coming to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Uh, we have a gift for you for yes. being on this episode and giving us your time on a Friday. Um, Diane has it right there for you, swinging around the oh, corner. Goodness. It's... Uh, you can open it. Yeah? I I'm not entirely oh, yeah. sure Please what do. is in. I love things. Oh, this uh, is great. Yeah, we got you. Um, in a, a it's a Hanukkah sweater. It's yeah. a. It looks like a Christmas sweater, but it's a Hanukkah sweater. It's got a menorah and. Because there's yeah. been this like um, surgence of these ugly Christmas sweaters every year, and so now I guess the Hanukkah PR team is getting into the mix and making <laughs> ugly Hanukkah sweaters. So that's I love for it. you. It says it has a big menorah on it. And it says, let's get lit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit internet and a little bit Hanukkah all in one. I love it. Uh, thank, thank you, you so you. much for being here. Where can people find you online if they don't already know? Um, on YouTube, Josh Peck. And then I'm the biggest idiot because I have different names for every social oh, media. Because no. there's a Josh Peck out there who's taking them all. Oh, no. Um, no resentment. But it's Josh Peck on Twitter, Shua Peck on uh, Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Well, go check him out if you haven't already. He's so fun. And his wife, like he said, is vlog gold. So she is. you don't want to miss it. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you next time on another episode of Not Too Deep. Goodbye. Too deep. Too deep. Too deep. Not too deep. With Grace Helbig. Not Too Deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated, question mark, produced and directed by Jack Ferry, with writing by Lon Harris, associate producers Melissa DeMonts and Diane Kang, production assistance by Jenny Stringfellow, audio support by Chris Henry, edited by Melissa DeMonts, and an extra special thank you to the one, the only, Flula. For the theme music, thanks.